Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Hello and welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. This is the Daily Ding. I'm Dave Four here with Mark Schindler for your update on August 9th, 2022. And Mark, you know it's bleak in the NBA calendar when we're talking about and NBA owners tweets. And I am, of course, speaking of Joe Tsai, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, who following the reports of a meeting with Kevin Durant where Kevin Durant asked, basically he laid it out. This is the ultimatum. It's me or it's your management team and the coaching staff. So essentially it's Kevin Durant or it's Sean Marks and Steve Nash and in response, Joe Sy sends out a tweet that he stands by his front office and his coaching staff. I want to start with the KD ultimatum first because we all know ultimatums are always good. A great, <laughs> yeah. creates a great work environment. Um, is this ultimatum unreasonable? Uh, I mean, I would. Uh, in fairness, I am not there. Uh, I'm not inside everything. To me, from the outside looking in, this is unreasonable as hell, man. I like I. That's the front office that brought him in. I mean, he talked about bringing in Steve Nash. Um, so it's just, it rings a little bit hollow for me, if we're being completely honest. Like, this is just, I'm not entirely, I'm not big on the, oh, well, KD, all the stuff about leaving OKC. I don't really care about that. I think it gets overwrought. But here, this is just like, there, there's 8 million degrees of, of separation between this and, and that. So it's, um, I don't know, man, where are you at with this, Dave? It does seem that this relationship has deteriorated very quickly. I mean, we went yeah. from KD being hugged by Steve Nash, you know, in that famous playoff scene where he kind of saves the day, uh, to this. And, and again, like you said, KD 
seems like he handpicked Steve Nash. Remember the entire Kyrie Irving, we don't have a coach. That was the vibes going into this whole thing. And turns out, man, a coach is pretty important for a basketball organization. You know, if you want people to have defined roles, you need a basketball coach. And I would argue, Mark, that the real mistake here was not hiring a guy with experience. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely comes off that way, especially like thinking, okay, what if Mike D'Antoni were here? You know, what? how does that change things? Um, I think what's tough, too, is like not to just throw shade at Steve Nash. Like that's a, like you're mentioning like that. How do you throw somebody in who has never had a head coaching experience before and not even just head coaching experience, coaching experience in general? Like, yeah, you don't consulting work, but when you're not actually like with that team all day, every day, view it as a coach like that's that's different. So um, I, I think selfishly, what I most want is I want to see if Katie replies to Joe Sly on Twitter because uh, I, I don't think that would be good for the league, for being completely honest. But I would be very interested to see what the hell happens if that does happen. I mean, there's a very strong argument to make that none of this is good for the league. And, Yo, and yeah, if Joe Sly's tweeting that out was horrendous. Absolutely off. It's the worst move at every opportunity. Don't tweet. Yeah. If you if you are in negotiations, in particular. Don't tweet. And so now the owner of the Nets has kind of laid his hand bare to a certain degree where he is trying to draw this imaginary line in the sand. And I say imaginary because we both know that NBA superstars are the power structure in the NBA. I mean, yes, the owners have the money and they have the capital. But when it comes to the product on the floor, the stars kind of dictate what happens. And this seems like a no-brainer to me. You've got KD, who maybe, let's say for the next two years, is a top five to seven player, which also seems crazy at his age because he's 34. We know there's slippage. We know that the value has diminished based on, you know, what happened in the playoffs. I, I think that that's not even controversial. KD getting swept, however you look at it, diminished his value. It's a tough situation for everybody, but you only make it tough by sending out the tweet. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. That was a lose-lose, no matter what happens. As soon as you hit send, like, that's the, the worst possible thing that, that could happen. Not a, not another American business owner who, you know, speaks too far out of his ass, but, you know, it is what it is. And so, so when we're looking ahead at this situation, it does certainly seem like we're going to get a breakup. Um, and I would actually, I would argue Steve Nash didn't sign up to not coach Kevin Durant. So, regardless... There's basically no chance Steve Nash is going to be around at the start of the season, right? Like, it's too awkward. You can't have that kind of a work environment. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I was doing kind of a um, an off-season grades type thing just for my own, you know, just, just for me for the hell of it, not to put out publicly. And I just didn't even do anything for Brooklyn because I looked at that team, I looked at that roster, um, and I'm like, I have no idea if two of the top three guys are going to be on this team. You know, I just have no idea what to make of them. I, I think I'm right there with you. It, it's hard to really pinpoint anything. I'd imagine there's going to be quite a bit of organizational change. I very much am looking forward to Russell Westbrook and Tobias Harris <laughs> leading the Brooklyn Nets to the eighth seed and the play-in tournament this season. Turning our attention to a team that may benefit from the rocky relationship between Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets, of course, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they haven't really had... Things go their way so far this offseason, Mark. And, of course, just like the rest of the league, they're stuck in mud from an acquisition standpoint because nothing's happening with Kevin Durant. And even worse for them, potentially, they got stuck with 
DeAndre Ayton, who was a player that it seemed like they were out on. And I say stuck in the proverbial sense. They're not stuck. He's a good player. They got him under contract. But it's pretty obvious that the relationship is tarnished there and, and that they're it's probably not a long-term deal that they actually have signed. So this team is on pause, I would guess, until mid-January when he's eligible to be traded. What do you think about what the Suns have done outside of Aiton? We'll get to Aiton, but outside of Aiton, how do you feel about the summer that they've had so far? Yeah, I mean, I think as far as working on the margins, the way that they've been able to, I think it's been fine. Like, I like bringing in Damian Lee. I think he was he, he's a guy who's gotten better every single year in Golden State. Um, add somebody who can be a competent eighth or ninth man. As long as he's healthy, he has dealt with injuries quite a bit throughout his career. So I like that acquisition. But outside of him, I mean, you're kind of just taking flyers. Like Josh Okogie is a guy who had flashes in Minnesota, but really fell out this year as the team found a real stride and, and, and made the playoffs. Um, and I mean, adding Jock Landell doesn't do a ton for me. He's interesting, but again, that's, you know, a third or fourth big. So, um, the biggest acquisition though is, is Dario Sharge coming back from injury. He was huge for them, uh, two years ago, which it feels even longer ago than that. But, um, having him to really solidify the second unit will be big, but again, it's just going to be, what does he look like coming back from an injury and how does he integrate? Yeah, bringing in Jock Landale for next year's Summer League roster is just light years thinking from from the front office there. Uh, okay, so Sarich is coming back, so the backup big position where they really struggled, I, I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, they lost yeah. JaVale. They don't have an option there. Um, you know, Kaminsky just wasn't good for them. So you've got Sarich coming back, and hopefully he can contribute, and, and you can run some offense through him in second units. But DeAndre Ayton is a real question mark to me because, I mean, he was benched in the finals, and, and this is a – to me, fantastic player. He's young and he has his warts, and we all know the the worries about him not playing with force, especially on the defensive end, where you know it seemed like that was where Phoenix really needed him to step up physically. How do they get past the impasse? Let, let's say that everything works out. They come into training camp. Everyone's saying the right things. Everyone's trying to do the right thing. How do they make that translate to a better? Uh, team play on the court because this is a team that went 64 and 18 last year, right? Like they ran out of gas to me in the playoffs. This was not necessarily a chemistry thing. Certainly chemistry played a part in that and not having Aiton fully engaged may have played a part, but their main players ran out of gas. How do you expect to see them use Aiton maybe a little bit more effectively to, to save the legs of the other guys? Man, that's a great question. Uh, I would really like to see them start to tap in. I think what what makes it difficult is uh, DeAndre Ayton in these last two years was really somebody who sold out for his role, which I think like there were obviously you can you can talk about there were there were moments of waxing and waning energy, but for the most part, like you saw this guy become one of the best play finishers in the NBA, um, really improve as a defender. I think when you're starting to ask him, okay, let's tap into some more of what you can do as a face up big, well. Is that really what the Suns' offense is going to thrive on? Like they've 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 thrived on quick decisions, uh, getting him downhill as their main source of rim pressure. If you start trying to tap into some of the stuff that's him holding the ball more instead of being quick release, um, trying to tap into some of the self creation stuff, which to me is a lot farther away than I think many might might believe it is. Um, not that he can't get there, but that's not that it's still pretty raw in my opinion. Um, I'm not sure if that's something that I view as making them necessarily better this next year, even if they do try and lean into it more. Yeah, and do you worry about this team come playoff time? I mean, let's say that and we know it's the NBA and the trade deadline is going to be active, and, and likely this team will wind up moving DeAndre Ayton, if not at the trade deadline, then next summer. 
But how do you see them going into next playoffs? I mean, Chris Paul is not getting younger. I know that that's pretty cliche to say, but at this point, eh, those are old legs. It's a lot of weight on Booker's shoulders. Do we trust Mikael Bridges to take the next step as a tertiary? Maybe even he has to step into a secondary playmaking role. Is Cam Johnson going to be able to slide into that tertiary role? Where do you see this team looking as we head into the playoffs next year? I mean, is it a player to be named later that they acquire at the deadline that's a difference maker, or or is it all internal? Yeah, I mean, you hit it on it for me. I think – Mikhail is actually who I would point the finger at, so I'm going to put it, but I looked at him in that map series as the guy who I was most disappointed in, if we're being frank. Um, he got torched defensively. He didn't really have it offensively either. Um, this is a guy who, again, he does a ton of things that are incredible. I'm not trying to take that away from him, but in terms of what they need, and that is that internal development into more creation, like, like you mentioned, outside of Booker and Chris Paul, they really just don't have guys who can create with the ball in their hands. They have guys who can attack off closeouts and and do some things secondarily. But in terms of actually creating their own offense, like Mikael Bridges is not there yet. I'm hoping he can take another step in terms of his, his aggression and just being able to do anything with the ball in his hands this year. I honestly feel like Cam Johnson might be a little bit closer to that based on what we've seen from him. Um but I think it's a mix of the two. I think if things are really going to hit for the Suns, they need more of that internal development. Maybe there is another step for Devin Booker, which it feels like that's asking a ton considering who he already is. But then I also feel like like we've talked about, even you know, as much as some of the uh, smoke has been tried to, has tried to be fanned out, um, it really does feel like an innate and uh, trade is pretty imminent as the season winds down um, and we hit the point where he can be traded. Uh, it just feels more of a when rather than an if so um i still am quite high on this team and who they can be uh considering they won 64 games with what apparently were the worst vibes of all time behind the scenes um i i mean tbd with them they they have a good foundation but it's going to be i mean we do need to see them make some changes before the playoffs push comes to shove would you include mikhail bridges and cam johnson in a potential kd trade I mean, it depends who's coming back. That's that's the ultimate hedge. I would not want to include, um, like, I mean, especially if you're trying to win a title right now, like, that's asking a lot. I think, um, especially based on what they do and how important those guys are for them. Like, yes, Kevin Durant, incredible. I think you have to look at that trade automatically, but you got to get something back with that too if you're trading, you know, two or three of those guys um, to bring back Kevin Durant. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening to The Daily Ding. As always, Mark, let's get out of here. Ding, ding, y'all. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. 
Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.